think if uh, we were to take a poll of the room and raise hands or whatever, I think uh, most of the people here, I don't know everybody, and uh, if you are visiting with us, thank you so much for being here, and, uh, and uh, we hope that you come back again and again uh, to our services, but uh, most of the people here I do know, uh, and uh, the, I, think the, I think that you care. Uh, if we were to ask you, do you care uh, about souls? Uh, and uh, if you're saved and you know that uh, you have eternal life in Christ and that heaven is your home, um, we're thankful for that. We have gratitude towards the Lord. And, uh, and uh, we, uh, we know uh, in many ways um, who we are uh, in Christ be- positionally because of what He's done in providing for our salvation. Uh, and, uh, and we wouldn't wish uh, hell upon anyone uh, and we know that uh, it is a place and that God uh, it will send people who do not know Him, who aren't saved, born again. Uh, and by the way, I'm not really preaching about this today, but uh, there aren't multiple ways. Uh, Tom alluded to that with uh, his comments about, uh, about Jesus being a living Savior. Uh, but um, we, we all don't go to the same place different ways, all right? Jesus is the only way uh, that uh, we gain heaven, and it's through grace and faith uh, in the finished work uh, of the cross. And uh, so he shed his blood, uh, made payment for our sins. He paid my sin debt. And, uh, and I want that to be uh, the people that I care for and love, my friends and family, uh, you here today. Uh, I, that's my prayer for you, that you know Jesus as your Savior. And it is the answer to all of uh, life's problems. And, and uh, when you think of it, uh, if you're born again, uh, and uh, if there's wars and whatever, uh, I mean, the worst thing that can happen to you is you die, but uh, it's the best thing that can happen to you because you'd be with your Savior. Uh, and uh, we know that heaven is a better place. And so, if, so death doesn't have sting uh, for uh, the believer. So we want to, it's like we care, uh, and uh, we know souls around us are dying. We all have... Uh, people that we love and care for who are not believers, uh, and they need uh, to be saved, all right? Uh, but you know them. I don't know them, all right? Uh, you, you know who they are, where they live. You've got their phone number. Uh, they're your relative. They're your coworker, And you may be the only person uh, in their sphere of influence uh, that has the gospel, understands the gospel, uh, and you should share the gospel with them. So daring to care, I think we all care. But how that translates into what we do. We, we know this saying, you know, that our action, actions speak louder than words. Uh, we know that to be true. So does your care, uh, your concern for the lost, uh, the burden that you may have from the Word of God, uh, that's a God-given burden. And the Spirit of God that dwells in you uh, as a believer uh, will... We'll, prompt you and direct you uh, to be a gospel witness. But in those moments when we uh, are given opportunity, uh, how often we squander it uh, and we don't share the gospel for all the reasons. You know, we're afraid of what people will think. We don't want to get laughed at. Um, maybe, it's, uh, uh, maybe you have restrictions laid upon you in your place of employment that uh, forbids you uh, to proselyte and, and, and to share the gospel with people. Uh, but, by the way, you can be clever. Uh, you know, you can, uh, there's workarounds, uh, all of those types of things. Uh, but you've got to dare uh, to care. Uh, and uh, and uh, in that daring uh, to care uh, really falls into this in this sense because the Bible says that we are witnesses uh, 
um, uh, of God. And that word witness uh, is the word martus or martyr. All right. Now, when we get saved, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I've heard uh, tons and tons of gospel witnesses and an and emphasis in that moment to lay laid upon, if you call on him, you shall be saved. Not hope so, not maybe so, but you shall be saved. I've heard people say shall mean shall. Uh, and uh, and it's, a, it's a promise of God. And in this passage of scripture, in verse 8 in particular, uh, we have that phrase used twice. Uh, and it says, you shall be uh, witnesses uh, for me. But that word martyr, martus, um, doesn't mean as a witness that, that you are going to be martyred, killed uh, for uh, your faith. As we think of Fox's Book of Martyrs and uh, the many, many people. And by the way, you know, it's Christians, uh, Bible-believing Christians, uh, have been the absolute most persecuted people group uh, in history. Uh, when you read the Dark Ages, and I know people uh, speculate about that, or maybe they would disagree, uh, but uh, but it is a fact, and, and we're not. Uh, you know, people have their opinions, but you're you're entitled to an informed opinion. <laughs> uh, uh, you don't you don't get your own sets of truths and facts. And uh, facts are uh, you know, but we we live in a day and time where you can present truth to someone, and they say, well, that's your truth. That's not my truth. Uh, and truth is truth, all right? And if it's truth, it should be your truth. Uh, we, we, just, we have our own truths today, and it's just really sad. So when we, uh, we dare to care and we share the gospel with people, um, we get all kinds of responses. And so we're gun-shy. Uh, we, we, we tend to, uh, in those moments, uh, not say anything. Uh, and, uh, and that just shouldn't be the case. So today, as we look at this passage of Scripture, and I'll be mindful of the time, and, uh, and, and I'm going to be very particular about what I uh, talk about this morning and get into it a little bit more detail tonight uh, about what we're witnesses of. And there are several spheres and several capacities uh, that we should be testifiers, witnesses as we share. And, and it's the gospel message first and foremost, uh, but there are other things that we testify of. And we do so with our words. We testify being salt and light with our actions, our responses to uh, world events, uh, our responses to things like, you know, COVID and, and other things. Uh, we, we should have a, a peace uh, that, uh, we, that we can communicate, a reason of the hope that is in us with meekness and fear, uh, but also a peace because it passes with understanding, um, there's times where you really can't even explain it. Like, why aren't you a basket case? Well, um, I really can't explain it, but I just believe in God. And uh, we talked about that in Sunday school. Paul uh, uh, on a ship heading to Rome, uh, and he's telling them, be of good cheer. Uh, and uh, God said this, uh, and we're all going to live. And he says, and I believe God. Um, and that, and, but that's hard to explain to somebody who doesn't know God, the God of the Bible. Uh, and, uh, and I understand that. But you've got a job to do. Uh, and it's not just my job, uh, it, is, it is your job, which is the crux of what I'm going to be speaking about here this morning. It is our missions uh, emphasis month, and we have our missions conference coming up, and uh, you might hear other preachers, uh, missionaries who are here, uh, preach about the Great Commission, and uh, the harvest field uh, is uh, plenteous, but the laborers are few. And, uh, and we know, even, you know, I mentioned this in Sunday school about um, end time, uh, and I believe we're right there. 
in Israel. In fact, even the question in our text, like when uh, the people who were close to Jesus and, and heard him preach and understood um, um, for the most part uh, what their responsibilities are and who they are in him, uh, they were still even, they were messed up. They thought Jesus was going to restore his earthly kingdom. Uh, and by the way, the Jews are still looking for their Messiah. Uh, but the Bible says that they killed their Messiah. Uh, and, uh, and again, we might look at some of those things uh, tonight. And, uh, but um, we uh, are uh, to, God, God's not done with Israel, and they ask that question. So let's back up uh, just briefly. Uh, this is, the book of Acts is, uh, we believe, written by Luke. It's a continuation uh, of what Luke's gospel, uh, and it picks up at the ascension uh, of our Lord, uh, and, and it says in verse 2, "...until the day which he was taken up after the, through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen." Uh, and then the Bible says that uh, God showed himself, uh, Jesus, alive after his passion. All right? Uh, the passion of Christ. It's not uh, a, um, uh, a, a word that we should not use uh, anymore. And it speaks to uh, this, uh, the, the pathos uh, of Jesus uh, and uh, and his his the plan of God uh, and God revealed all that and was evidenced in in its proof uh, of all the witnesses that uh, of the Bible says many infallible proofs uh, being seen of them forty days uh, and assembled together commanded them that should they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father uh, again the only time that the only promise that is referred to. Uh, as the promise of the Father. Uh, and uh, we know that they waited. It says, John was baptized with water. Uh, you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days thence. And again, uh, as I referenced this morning, like I'm an independent Baptist. I'm Baptist through and through. Uh, they say I'm, I'm Baptist with two B's in it, capital B, two capital B's. Uh, there's no, it's a P, all right, for those of you. And I have to, I have to tell people all the time. I, I say Berean, they say Korean. Uh, I know Berean, but uh, I'm a Baptist. Uh, and you, you'd be surprised how many people misspell all those. So I'm Baptist through and through. Uh, and uh, people say, I was Baptist, whatever, born and bred. And when I'm Baptist, I'll be Baptist dead. Uh, and uh, so uh, if you've been to any preacher's meetings, you've heard them all. All right. And, uh, but there are things in the Bible that you just can't get away from. All right. And uh, somebody there the day said, uh, you know, asked me, are you a Baptist brider? And uh, for those who are unfamiliar with that term, it's, uh, there's, G- Jesus has a bride, the bride of Christ. And, uh, and the Bible plainly says, uh, for example, it says, here's the, new, here's the bride, the Lamb's wife, and it's the new Jerusalem descending. And, uh, and so in order to be a Baptist brighter, uh, one has to believe that only Baptists are going to be in heaven. All right? And, uh, and which is not true. All right? Uh, and uh, so, uh, and, and really, and I know Baptist preachers who are Baptist brighters, uh, and, uh, and they're, they're completely off their rocker. Um, but most of them, really, if you get down to it, only believe their church is the bride of Christ, uh, not just Baptist. It's kind of like, you know, they got the corner on truth or whatever. I'm not a Baptist brider. I think people can get saved. Uh, there's going to be saved, you know, uh, of all denominations uh, for the most part in heaven. If you believe uh, in Jesus of the Bible, there are cults that don't. Uh, and, uh, uh, but uh, there are um, a lot of people who love Jesus who don't go to Baptist churches. Is everybody with me? Okay. Now, I think if they read the Bible and were discipled, they'd be a Baptist, all right? Um, so that's just how I believe that. <coughs> but um, the Bible here says, 
that when the Holy, we're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. All right. Uh, again, when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit, that's what I believe. Everybody gets saved. The Bible says you be, your body becomes the temple of the Spirit of God. When you got saved, you got all the Holy Spirit in the indwelling of the Spirit of God uh, in salvation that you're ever going to get. Amen. All right. The Bible says you can be filled with the Spirit and uh, we can pray and God will do that. We, uh, God uh, gives us Spirit and we, and we serve Him. And, uh, and there's a lot of things. We can quench the Spirit. We can grieve the Spirit. Uh, but it doesn't matter what your theology is. Uh, and we say one faith, one Lord, one baptism, etc. Uh, but the Bible speaks to the indwelling of the Spirit as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then we baptize people, believers' baptism, water baptism, another sermon, another time. But the Bible does say, John truly baptized with water, that's water baptism. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days thence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou this time restore again the Israel, and he, uh, uh, the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. In a nutshell, what he basically said was, um, it's none of your business. Um, no man knows. And by the way, if you're reading after somebody, you're listening to their podcast, and they say, Jesus is coming back on such and such a date, don't listen to them anymore. They're crackpots. No, nobody knows when the Lord's going to come back. And when you think about even you know, the rapture and how the Bible teaches us that the world will be evangelized and people will hear the gospel, and that's a, um, uh, the time when the, that the Lord will come back, um, if he, since he hasn't returned, we can just basically assume that, that everybody that needs to hear the gospel hasn't heard it. So our goal, our responsibility is to take the gospel to them, the Great Commission, which is part of, he, he's reminding them. So he says, you know what, it's irrelevant uh, when that time is coming. Do your job. You've got a job to do. And he explains to them what that job is. Now, um, when... Paul in particular, uh, we see in the New Testament, uh, Luke probably too, everybody who spoke uh, in that day and time. In fact, um, when you, you read about stories in, in the book of Acts in the New Testament about speaking in synagogues and um, you know, the lawyers and the teachers, rhetoric uh, in, in presenting arguments was a, an art form. Uh, it was, I mean, you, um, you know, in fact, when you, you did it, pe- that people used to get mad at Paul because Paul wouldn't take money um, for speaking and giving truth uh, because if you were an orator uh, and you were a master of rhetoric, uh, it, you, were, uh, you made lots of gain, all right? And, uh, and so it was a, an art form. And every time you see the Apostle Paul, the sermons, uh, in Scripture, uh, in the book of Acts in particular, you see this uh, rhetoric um, triangle uh, that is always involved because that was part of, of their, uh, their art form. And what that was, really was, um, you have, and uh, why this popped into my mind recently in studying is, I use a Bible program called Logos, and I've mentioned it uh, several times recently in messages. I've had preachers, I posted a picture. Actually, the picture on the internet was to show how distracted I was because I, you know, I had uh, football, uh, football games on all of my screens. And I uh, said that today's, my feet kicked up and, uh, and I took a picture. I said my day's being you know, very productive. <laughs> and, uh, but that same scene would have uh, Logos. It's a software uh, on there. And people say, well, what is that program? And so I said, what's Logos? Well, what is that? 
Uh, and uh, and it's, Logos is a name that was given to the software because it's really uh, um, uh, the Word of God, uh, the message of God, uh, and uh, all kind of wrapped, wrapped up in there. So rhetorical, um, the triangle involves Logos, all right, um, ethos, how many have heard of that? Uh, ethos, and then pathos. All three of those are employed uh, in an argument, uh, and, and that's the goal. Now, you can, you can give somebody the truth, like Paul um, in the book of Acts uh, in 27, where we were in Sunday school, uh, and he said, here's what God said. God's bringing me, you know, I'm going to Rome. Uh, I'm not going to die, and everybody on this ship's not going to die. Uh, so he said, be of good cheer. Uh, I'm, you know, I belong to God. I believe in God. And he explained that to all the people on the ship. Uh, but uh, they still uh, wished for the day. They were still in distress, still in peril. Truth, an argument, logos was given. Uh, Paul explained all those things, but they still didn't respond. So you can have all these things together in a, uh, a message uh, as, a, as a sermon, if I'm writing a sermon, I'm considering all these different things. So I just, I just read the Bible uh, and, and prayed. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm presenting to you truth, uh, and, then I am, and that is logos. Uh, and then from that, uh, I'm, I am basically trying to tap into your ethos. All right, that's your inner self. That's who you are. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, w- through that um, pathos, passion, uh, j- getting you to a point of decision. So like, yes, I believe the truth that's presented. Uh, and uh, and m- me as the presenter, the messenger, and you as the one receiving it, uh, there's a lot of things involved in there to the point of a decision. We have an invitation in, in this church uh, where we, at the end of the service, we ask for you to pray uh, over what's been given. And that's what Luke has done. At the beginning of this passage, he has laid out for them truth, uh, the logos, the message of God, that God had, uh, Jesus was God. He came, he died, uh, he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, he's ascended. And after his ascension, uh, he was seen of many witnesses, the apostles himself, 500 uh, others at, at one time. Uh, and we mentioned just, I think, last week or week before uh, that the mathematical odds of 500 people seeing the same delusion uh, at the same time, it's impossible. All right? Um, so all of that, were, they're infallible proofs. These are proofs uh, of, in, in fact, even on Wednesdays, we've been looking at uh, the, uh, the works of God. The, what God has done and God always point whenever whenever an Israelite or a, psalm, a psalmist is in distress, they always rehearse the history of, of God and what He did with Israel, because they're infallible. Um, there are millions of people that went through the Red Sea. Okay, and so so whenever an Israelite has thinking thinking, they always go back to the infallible proofs. God is God. There's no greater God than God. Uh, he is the only one, uh, and, uh, and so they look at what God has done. So the ascension in, in the, uh, the days after uh, the resurrection, um, all of those, are, they're infallible. And, and when people go, well, he didn't, you know, they're, they're infallible proofs, all right? Uh, so uh, he lays out this case uh, that Jesus... Uh, has been ascended, uh, and that he promised the Holy Spirit to come. Those were his, his last words, uh, and uh, which his last words need to be our first concern. 
Uh, and he said, you, you just need to wait until you're endued with the Holy Spirit. And if you turn your, in my Bible, you turn the page. Uh, and uh, it says they were in the upper room in verse number 13. They continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, waiting. We know uh, that uh, it was a 10-day span historically. And we, we do all the math in the, in the, in the accounts. Uh, and they waited for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came. Uh, Pentecost is uh, what we refer to it. And often... People think of the book of Acts as transitional because like they're waiting for, it's like Old Testament and New Testament. There's a lot of stuff that kind of adds into that. Hebrew says uh, you can't have a new covenant without the you know, New Testament, without the death of a testator. Uh, and, but we know the Holy Spirit uh, was also part of, uh, of the movement into the New Testament uh, and so that hadn't happened uh, even then. Or uh, when they're in the upper room having uh, the, uh, the Last Supper, uh, Jesus says, this is uh, my blood. Uh, and he's talking about the New Testament or the new covenant in my blood. Uh, but we, but it hadn't, he hadn't been crucified yet. So transition from Old Testament to, to New covers a wide swath uh, of, uh, of biblical truth. By the way, uh, we are uh, in the New Covenant on New Testament. And I'm, I'm thankful that we're saved by grace through faith. Uh, and uh, and uh, we don't got to sacrifice uh, animals and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, God uh, has uh, been our sacrifice once for all. Amen. Jesus, his shed blood. So he, Luke, has laid out the case uh, and has given them a word. Uh, and, uh, and, but then he's tapping into um, something else, which is the main point that I want to get across this morning. Uh, when he said two things uh, in, uh, in verse number eight, he says, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is upon you. So when he said that, he said, you are going to receive apostolic power uh, and, uh, and, and you are going to be, and you're going to use that power uh, to be witnesses uh, of me. Uh, and he tells them to go into all the world. So it's, it's local. When he says it's, it's in your Jerusalem, uh, we've applied that be like, you know, Jerusalem would be the city of Puyallup in South Hill, right? And then unto uh, Judea, uh, that would be the state of Washington, all right? Uh, and then uh, it says into Samaria, that would be the, uh, 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 the, the nation or as a whole. Uh, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. Missions Conference Month, we'll say more about that uh, here coming up. Um, and, uh, but he says you're going to receive power. And let me, let me mention this. Now, I am <coughs> uh, patriotic. I love America. Uh, with all of its faults, it's, it's, it's the best place to be, all right? That's why, you know, 11,000 people a day are sneaking over the border because uh, this, is, this, is this is the place to be, all right? And again, uh, it's, not, it's not a perfect place, uh, but, um, uh, but it's better. And if you've ever traveled and, uh, and gone to other places, uh, you'll thank God uh, to be an American. Um, but I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a, I'm a dual citizen. I'm a citizen of heaven. The Bible says that. I'm also a citizen. And, and God tells us, as a citizen, we're responsible for a number of things. To you know, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, render honor to whom honor is due, um, to obey them which are uh, in authority and rule over us, uh, to pray for those um, uh, that ministers that God refers to them. Uh, so we have a lot of responsibilities uh, as citizens of a an earthly government, all right, uh, which we shouldn't shirk. But the Bible says to obey God rather than man. 
So in those moments to where, um, for example, during the pandemic, we had church. And here's, this is why we had church, because God's commanded us to go to church. And, uh, and if a governor tells us not to go, God beats governor. That's the math. And, uh, and so we still had church. And, and people you know, had a problem with it. Some people loved it. And, uh, but it's, just a, it's a matter of, of conscience to obey God rather than man. So we know all that. But Holy Spirit power that he gave his disciples wasn't political. It was evangelical. So as much as I want to be a good citizen and I vote and I'll do all these different things, I know that God has called me and has empowered me with the Holy Spirit of God uh, to evangelize, not politicize. So the power of God is not political, it's evangelical. Is everybody with me? So, so Holy Spirit power was given to us for a specific purpose. Uh, and it wasn't necess- it's not to make a difference you know, uh, in our community as an activist for um, Republican Party or conservatives or whatever. I'm not saying those things are bad things, but we, make, we have to make sure we have the proper perspective and realize that, um, you know, so inevitably if I was to say, you know, I'm going to run for city council or whatever, uh, I would have somebody come up to me and remind me that God called me to preach, not to be a politician, all right? But I also have some people who would think, well, that's great. And people are all over the board on that. But I'm just laying out for you, God's called me to evangelize, not politicize. Um, but if you want me to tell you who to vote for, I'll tell you who to vote for. Uh, you know, just ask me, and, uh, or I'll just say it. I thought you can't say that from the pulpit. I'll say whatever God wants me to say from the pulpit. Uh, and uh, so we're going to lose our this and that. And uh, anyways, um, there, you know, there's a time uh, for all of those things. And, and so it's not that you won't ever hear anything political from this pulpit. You certainly do. Uh, but, uh, but God has called me to preach not to be a politician. So there's no future of me running for anything, uh, you, know, uh, you know, other than, you know, uh, trying to win a chili contest or something like that uh, and, uh, in, in the future. So he said, you will receive power uh, and, uh, and the Spirit of God comes upon them in the purpose of that. Uh, there's a purpose in their own salvation uh, and, uh, in, uh, and we need the Holy Spirit, but God has given us. You shall be witnesses. Then it, it says, when this life-giving power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me. A witness is somebody who accurately and honestly relates to others that which he has heard with his own ears, seen with his own eyes, and felt and experienced in his own heart. So um, I believe that part of us being a witness has to do with what God has done for us, done in our life. I got saved in 1987 at a youth camp. I was 14 years old. Uh, in that same week, I dedicated my life to the Lord. I said, God, use me whatever way. Long, fast forward, um, God called me to preach, and I'm your pastor today. Uh, but it all started with uh, me getting born again and then surrendering. And it, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, as a 14-year-old, and I know uh, every 14-year-old knows everything. Uh, and uh, any 14-year-olds in here tonight or today? All right, so I didn't have, oh, we have one, and uh, all right, she knows everything. Uh, so, um, but I realized Jesus saved me and, and gave me a home in heaven. He forgave me my sins, and my sins were many, and I, and I understood all of that. And, uh, and so, but nobody that week said, you know, now that Jesus saved you, um, you should give your life to him. Nobody had to tell me that. 
it, was, it was the Holy Spirit's directing in my life. I uh, heard another message, and it was like, you know, um, we're living sacrifices. And I'm like, sign me up. And I, again, at 14, uh, I didn't know what God, you know, I had plans. And, and those plans, you know, involved, you know, college and, you know, things and career paths that I, that I felt like I wanted to go down. I had no idea what God was going to have for me. And so I didn't surrender uh, to, to a specific thing. I just said, God, you know, basically here I am, Lord, send me. Whatever it is, whatever you want me to do, uh, I will do it. And, that's, and I decided that at 14. By the time I was 16, uh, there was more clarity uh, into a ministry call and what God was going to have me to do. Um, but nobody had to teach me that. And the reason nobody had to teach me that is because I was born again, and the Spirit of God indwelled me. I didn't hear angel choirs singing. I didn't speak in tongues. Uh, I, you know, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit in the indwelling of the Spirit, and I didn't know all that because all, all I knew is the gospel was presented, and I realized I was a wicked, lost sinner uh, that, that I could not get to heaven with my sin. And, uh, and the good news was that Jesus paid my sin debt. And uh, somebody says, the wages of sin is death. And I understood, that's what I earn. A wage is something that I earn. And I've earned sin, I've earned death. Uh, it, but the gift of God, uh, and, and so I'm like, I want that. I don't want to pay for my own sin. Jesus paid for my sin. And, I, and by faith, I accepted his payment for my sin and became born again. And in that moment, biblically, the Bible says uh, that we're baptized with the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit indwells us. We're made a new, we're a new creature in Christ, all right? Regeneration uh, is the terminology. Uh, and so there, there's a list of things that happen when you call upon the Lord and ask Him to save you, all right? Uh, your justification, you know, propitiation. There's a lot of big Bible words, but He cleanses us. Though our sins be as scarlet, the Bible says, we'll, they'll be, we'll be white as snow. He removes our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. And if you're a flat earther today, that doesn't, that doesn't mean as much to you as a round earther. All right? Uh, so some of you will get that here in a second. Uh, and uh, if you're a flat earther, it may take you a little longer. Uh, and um, I'll just put that out there. But uh, so um, a lot of things happen the moment you get born again. But the Bible says you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses. It's at the, at, it is at the foundation of, of a Bible believer's ethos. It's who you are. Now, um, I don't want to get too bogged down into the philosophy, the Greek stuff, you know, in the, the rhetoric triangle. But when you got saved, you no longer belong to you. The Bible says you've been bought with a price. You're not your own. All right? Um, <clears throat> Whether it's, whether it's what's going on in the news, whether it's what happens here at this church in regards to missions, our service being a witness, it all comes down, do you really, truly believe in who you are in Christ? It is the, 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 the ethos in what you live by. Remember, belief drives behavior. So here's the Luke, a physician, learned man, who all around him is hearing you know, arguments and rhetoric uh, that are set up and there's form and there's function uh, and all of that lays out the, the logos uh, and, uh, and here's the case, here's the truth, here's the word uh, and, uh, and communicates that to them and then points out 
to the disciples in this moment, um, uh, as, God, as God does this, he says, you are witnesses. The gospel is very simple. Um, I, I put it down here. The message is simple, uh, of course, but the demand uh, on messengers is serious. Uh, and uh, to witness for Christ is to bring a simple message. We call it the simple plan of salvation to people. And this is, this is what it is in a nutshell. Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh. Um, he died to pay for my sins. He was resurrected. Now he is exalted to heaven. And he calls on us to believe in him and receive the forgiveness of sin. And there's, there's nothing to join. Uh, there's there's no, no system to climb. Um, there's no church that has, you know, if you're a member of it, then you're going to get to, you're going to be in heaven. Um, it, it's, a per, it's a person to receive. It's, it's, it's Jesus. It's just receiving him by faith in grace uh, and trusting him as my personal Lord and Savior. That is it. And so the Christian um, is to be a witness of the exalted, ascended king. Uh, and, uh, and we know that uh, from the word of God and the gospel, the commands that God has given us. And that also is connected to who we are in Christ. And so ye, if you're here and you're saved today, you are a witness. And, and that word martyr means it's going to cost you something. There's, there's self-sacrifice. It, it's, it's something you proactively, you have to choose to do. And it, has the, it is at the root of everything that you are. Um, who you, the, inner, the inner man, the God man. Uh, in, in self, remember, he says the old man is dead. We're to put off the old man and his deeds. We're a new creature in Christ. We have, the, we have the Holy Spirit of God. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit of God is dwelling in you. And he's doing all the things the Holy Spirit does. Um, but one of the things he doesn't do is make you do a lot of stuff. Um, but you will never do the things that you need to do biblically until you, until you truly, truly understand who you are in Christ. Now, there's people in this room that all kinds of vocations, all, you know, all kinds of jobs, uh, and uh, uh, people do different things to make money. Um, you are not what you do, all right? Uh, and, and we struggle with that because people who have, like, you know, lowly jobs versus these jobs, and we have all these scales, and we judge people according to them, and it's just not the right... We, we know we're not supposed to do that, um, but it's human nature uh, to do all that. So it doesn't matter what you do to make money. Um, well, unless it's illegal. No, don't do that. <laughs> Let me take that back. You know, if you're a gangster or whatever, don't, you know, don't be robbing people and stuff. But um, that does, that's not who you are. When you're in Christ, that's your ethos. You, are, you belong to him. And when he saved you and bought you with a price, you became a living sacrifice, live a cross-bearing life. Uh, an exchange life. There's many terminologies that God uses. You don't belong to you. So what that means is, is that your goals and aspirations and whatever all needs to be second place to what God has. And what he says is that every single one of us that's saved uh, is a messenger. Uh, you're, you're, you're only his witness and nothing more. That's your responsibility is to be a witness for Christ. That's why he saved you. Not just to you know, punch your ticket to get you to heaven. But if, but if, but if that's what, he would have taken us home. But he, through the word of God, he just he says, I could have made the rocks crowded and he gave us a commission. 
And so if you, if you go wherever you work, I'll just use Boeing because it's natural here. You work at Boeing, a hospital, whatever. Whatever you do, you make money to live so that you can fulfill God's purpose. And you are a witness, uh, which leads us into um, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, we are witnesses in a hostile world. Uh, and, and that's why he says he's going to give us strength and power from the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. Uh, and so when, when I think about, man, um, I can give you a hundred reasons more about why we should support missionaries. And one of the things that's been killing me uh, for the past four, five, six years is, is we're, we're, not giving, we're, not, we're not doing more. We're doing less. And, um, and so I, I try to, I mean, I lay it on thick. I mean, I, I give all kinds of, you know, we have missionaries in and we do all this. But, but here's the bottom line. Um, until you realize who you are, your ethos, and, and really buy into the fact that you've been bought, bought with a price and that your life isn't about making money and saving for retirement and, you know, going to a beach somewhere when, uh, when you're no longer working, it's none of that. It is martus. It is witness. You are a witness. That is why you are here. Now, I, you know, we can talk about you know, life and life purpose and trying to find meaning in life and, and all these things. And again, you can, it doesn't mean everybody that's saved is going to be a preacher or a missionary or an evangelist. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but every saved individual is a preacher. Every saved individual is a witness. Every saved individual is salt. Every saved individual is is, is light. Um, but I can, you know, um, I spend most of my time just begging Christians to come to church. That's just, that's just the truth. We have, we have lists. We, it's like, okay, people aren't here. Not gonna, I, I'm, I'm looking out. I got, I, you know, I'm trying to think, well, these people haven't been here for this many weeks or whatever. And I, got, I spend a, a vast majority of my time as a pastor just trying to get Christians who know better to be in church. And it's a, and it's a sad thing. It shouldn't be, you know, and, and it doesn't matter how many times we say, or you hear from somebody else, one of the greatest gifts you can, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, one of the greatest, one of the greatest gifts you can give your pastor is your presence. Just being in a pew. I like preaching to people. I mean, that's, that's important. But you're not going to go to church until you realize who you are in Christ. You're not going to be a soul winner. You're not going to give to missions until you buy into the ethos that the Word of God says, as this is who you are, uh, you're, you're, you, are, you no longer belong to you. And, uh, and so we need to be led of the Spirit of God, and, and that's not going to happen if we're in the flesh and, and we're carnal, and, we just, and God, God, you know, uh, obedience, as we mentioned that song in the, in the beginning part, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. So I said all that to say this, and I'll get into... The, the pathos and the other parts of what our witnesses and things are tonight. Um, I know, and I'm still, I'm still going to beg and plead and pray and push and lead and direct uh, in all the ways that I feel like the Lord wants me to believe, but I also know that, that I, can't, I, can't, I can't push ropes uphill. Um, and, and so when, when, when I feel like, <clears throat> when I feel like, you are not doing what God has called you to do in these areas. Um, it's naturally for me as a leader to take that personally. Like, am I leading them? But I also know um, that if you really believe what you believe, 
I wouldn't have to beg you for any of it. I just wouldn't. And, uh, and so, so he, um, in fact, as the story goes on, uh, he, he, he taps into, uh, you know, who they are uh, and talks about them being witnesses. And he already to the disciples, like, you're going to be persecuted and I, like I was and on and on and on. And they laid it out. I mean, he even told some of them how they were going to die. Uh, and, uh, and they were passionate about that. I read a story of this. Uh, I think it was Billy Sunday. Um, Billy Sunday was like, they were like, wherever it was, like waking people up at five in the morning to, to hear him preach. And so somebody saw this other guy go into this meeting at five o'clock in the morning and say, like, are you, I'm surprised to see you here. Are you going? And said, do you believe? He goes, no, but he does. And so what drew him to the meeting was that person just believed. If you really believe what you believe, people around you would see it. That's the reason that they would ask you of the hope that's in you. It's because you're, you're living out because your, your ethos, uh, your, your inner being and who you are, is, it's all tied in there. But we're just chasing money and careers and steps and whatever and recreation and all that kind of stuff. And, and Jesus is not first place in our life. And so if you, when you realize exactly who you are in Christ, everything about this self-help and self-esteem and all the things in, in life and world and purpose and chasing and whatever, uh, you, should, you, should be, you, you should already be leaps and bounds beyond the average person because God has made it clear in his word who you are positionally and then in practice what you're supposed to do. And so I'm praying that God helps us to increase our missions giving this year. I'm praying that, and again, you can't go, you know, to West Africa or Papua New Guinea. Maybe God's not called you to be a missionary, but your responsibility to reach the whole world with the gospel is still there. And, uh, and if, you really people, if you really believe that people who don't hear the gospel die and go to hell, then there really isn't any problem with, with, with giving. Well, I've got this, or I've got this thing I want to get, and I've got all my goals and whatever. And, uh, but, you know, there's that whole, you know, you, you know who your God is by where, you, you know, you're writing checks to. Um, where our treasure is, our heart bells, so you'll hear, you'll hear more about that. But you are a witness, bottom line. Uh, and, uh, and God has saved you to, to be that. So it's your responsibility to take the gospel to people. Um, that's that dare uh, that we heard about in this song, dare to care. And, uh, but you know what? If you really believe it, you will care. You say, well, that, no, Pastor, I just don't, I just don't agree. Uh, just, because, just because I'm not obeying the word doesn't mean, and I'm like, okay, I mean, keep telling yourself that. Um, you know, and it might, it might get a couple people in this earth off your back, but when you stand before God, he's going to say, no, it wasn't multiple choice. It wasn't, you weren't an exclusion. You weren't, um, you got, you are, you were a witness. So, and you didn't. And, uh, and then we suffer loss because we're not going to go to hell because we're saved. Um, but, uh, we will suffer loss. So laid out the message. And he said, you are witnesses. And he sent the Holy Spirit to us and gave it to us, uh, him to us. And, uh, and I'm so thankful for it. I just believe it. And, um, and it's one of the things that, that drives me in the actions of my life is because I just really believe. I just really believe this book. I just really believe in God and really believe in heaven. And, uh, and, and, and hopefully that shows up in my behavior, in my actions, in what takes priority and emphasis in my life. 
But it's not just for pastors, it's for everybody. Every born-again believer, and I hope that you see that in this verse. Let's all stand today and uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And, and uh, we have a simple message, in the, but the demand on the messengers is very serious. Uh, to be an effective witness, there must be truth, the word. We'll get more into that tonight. Uh, and then the inner reality of who you are, ethos. Uh, and then the pathos is the, is the uh, passion uh, to do so in the burden and, uh, and so are you, a, are you a messenger? 